I'm Mike Nettles with Nettles Farm in Livingston, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the free fall continues in the cattle futures market and no one can explain exactly why it's happening. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It was a challenging growing season in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll look back at the year in corn. The state of Nebraska is helping Texas with the border crisis. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Cool and damp weather is still hampering most valley field work. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. It seems there is no bottom to be found in the cattle futures market right now. Prices started this week with another nosedive on Monday. We've reached out to several sources to find out exactly why this has been happening, and it seems everyone has a different answer. My latest conversation was with Tim Snyder with Matador Economics in Dallas. So why does he believe cattle futures have taken such a drop? Market risk. And that is we're playing a heavily, a heavy-handed market risk profile right now uh, on the commodity side. And, I, you know, I, I wrote in my daily commentary this morning, uh, it's called Energy Brief, and we were talking a little bit about uh, the difference between deflation and disinflation. And, you know, deflation occurs when the rate of inflation falls below zero. Well, we're not there. We're in the disinflation world. And the disinflation world where commodity prices start to fall, if you add risk to that, to that that's more pressure to pull those prices lower. And that's where we currently stand. It's, it's making a, a very unclean market for us right now because we can't, we can't rely on normal supply-demand curves to make a pricing decision. Snyder is a former commodity broker who worked with Texas feedlots in the panhandle to manage risk. Drought conditions here in Texas have improved for the fifth week in a row. According to the Texas Water Development Board, 43% of the state is now suffering from moderate or worse drought. That's down one percentage point from last week. Unfortunately, exceptional or D4 drought persists in 1.5% of the state in southeast Texas. 
Extreme drought persists in central Texas from Bell County south to Bear County and in west Texas in Jefferson Davis, Presidio, El Paso, and Hudspeth counties. The U.S. Drought Monitor estimates that 10.6 million Texans live in areas impacted by drought. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Texas tech researchers have been awarded nearly $5 million to explore climate smart crops. The project will include 10 faculty and professional staff from across the Davis College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources. It will be a five-year effort and will include a diverse combination of 20 producers from 10 counties on the Texas High Plains. They'll study three key climate smart commodities and practices. One is a sorghum cotton rotation, the second is no-till, and the third, multi-species cover crops. 2023 was a challenging growing season on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt looks back at this year's corn crop. Now that the 2023 corn season is finished, how did things turn out? I had a chance to talk about that with David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers. Here's what he had to say. We're just getting all the numbers in as far as being accurate on what our production was. In general, we had a challenging year in parts of the Panhandle with a lot of rain, a lot of hail early on, especially in the northern part, northwestern part of the Panhandle. Uh, had some crops damaged, some that were never planted. So it was a real challenging year. We got a late start on a lot of corn. It wound up being more going into silage later in the season so I think our grain production is going to be down our silage production was up of course the demand for silage is up in the high plains due to all of the dairies that's moved in so somewhere probably economically somewhere below an average type year just due to all the challenges in production statewide probably going to have something above average statewide we had some really good crops and a big portion of downstate and uh, a lot of growers, not every grower, but a big number of them had some of the best production they'd ever had uh, due to some early rains and good weather early off in the season. Once again, that was David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers. I caught up with him at last week's Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. Gibson says in terms of who did the best profitability-wise, the farmers who marketed their corn early in the season before prices fell probably came out the best. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. One Midwestern state is helping Texas deal with the border crisis. Tom Nicoletti visits with the governor of Nebraska. My guest today is Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen, who is also a grain and hog producer in Nebraska. Governor Pillen and other governors from various states joined Texas Governor Greg Abbott earlier this year on the Texas border with Mexico to get a firsthand look at the unprecedented border crisis. I'm a believer that we uh, need to treat each other like neighbors, so uh, we brought uh, some state patrol down. Nebraska State Patrol has an extraordinary drone program, so we were able to help there. And then we also sent troops down, and uh, one of the cooler moments being governor is I was addressing our troops at Eagle Pass, and I was telling them about their impact, how long it lasts, and one young soldier said, when can I come back? And uh, we are sending troops back. We believe we're all border states. The Nebraska governor addresses the impact of the crisis on ranches and farms along the border, as well as other South Texas locations. 
We've heard some horrible stories. It's gut-wrenching. You know, I'm a farm guy. I live my whole life on a farm. And in Nebraska, we're able to live without locking our pickup, without locking our house. At Eagle Pass, there was a family that was gone, bad people. The terrorists come across. They ransacked the house, went out, killed a calf, brought it in and butchered it in their bed. Now, that's not people coming here to find a better way of life. These are bad criminal people that can't be coming into our country. It's ridiculous. Because what's happening down there is the drug cartels are a sophisticated, organized, terroristic organization. They cannot be left unabated. We have to get after it and solve it. If, if this goes on much longer, the ramifications for our country is tough. That is Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cool, damp weather is hampering most field work in deep south Texas. Jim Hearn has this update from the Rio Grande Valley. A series of cool fronts have moved through extreme south Texas, and that's left cool temperatures and basically wet fields. Now, with the harvest of sugarcane, vegetables, and citrus continuing, it's been kind of a hit or miss when it comes to harvesting activity, but drier weather is on the horizon, so we should get caught up quickly. Now, the citrus harvest is going to get busy with all of the fundraising fruit as well as commercial movement. Early oranges are still being put into the degreening room to give the oranges that beautiful gold color. Now, we have not had that cold snap yet, that weather that will cause the fruit to color naturally on the tree. That probably won't be sometime until late next month. The sugarcane harvest has been slowed by the wet fields. The harvest fields have been really too wet to burn, and plus the heavy harvesters have been too heavy to get into the field. Recent rains have left Falcon Reservoir climbing up to 14.4% full. Now, that's about 4% more than we had about a month ago. Amish Todd Reservoir holding steady now, but only about 27%, and that is down from about 46% this time last year. That's still a major concern that the reservoirs at Amish Todd have lost that much in elevation. As we look at the valley, still needs more of that really deep moisture for the spring planting next season. Let's hope more fronts move through. It'll be, well, rainy with some mild temperatures. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Texas Parks and Wildlife is considering closing turkey hunting season in parts of four Texas counties. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. Donkeys develop a lot of the same respiratory diseases as horses. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Donkeys develop a lot of the same respiratory diseases that horses do. But Dr. Bob Judd says there are some differences. 
In the upper airway anatomy of donkeys is different than horses. The nasal passages are more narrow in donkeys, and this makes it more common for bleeding to occur when your veterinarian passes a stomach tube into the stomach. There is also a special structure in the donkey's throat called the nasopharyngeal recess, which is a pouch that is involved with the donkey being able to make the braying sound. Donkey's respiratory system is more like cattle than horses, as horses use flight to get away from trouble, while donkeys would rather fight, so they do not need the respiratory volume for running like horses. Donkeys can develop equine influenza like horses, but the disease is actually more severe in donkeys than horses. Donkeys are also susceptible to equine herpes virus, and this can cause respiratory, neurologic, and reproductive disease. There are also some asinine herpes viruses that can affect donkeys and can cause pneumonia. Donkeys should be vaccinated for both influenza and herpes virus. Donkeys can develop disease due to lungworms, although the disease is usually mild. However, horses that are pastured with donkeys are more likely to become infected with lungworms, and horses have a much more severe disease with lungworms than do donkeys. Donkeys can develop the upper respiratory disease strangles just like horses, and swelling of the lymph nodes can lead to upper airway obstruction. A condition that occurs in donkeys but is rare in horses is tracheal collapse, in which the cartilage rings of the trachea or windpipe flatten and can cause difficulty breathing. Pulmonary fibrosis of the lung can occur in which a percentage of lung tissue becomes scarred and is no longer effective at allowing oxygen exchange, as would normal lung tissue. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas Parks and Wildlife is considering closing turkey season in four Texas counties. Jessica Domel tells which counties in today's wildlife report. In January, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department could present a proposal that would close the eastern turkey hunting season in part of four northeast Texas counties. Sean Oldenberger, TPWD Small Game Program Director, told the Parks and Wildlife Commission that the department is considering closing eastern wild turkey season south of Highway 82 in Fannin, Lamar, Red River, and Bowie counties. Those are eastern wild turkey stockings that we've been doing in the Piney Woods in East Texas for a number of years now. We trap birds out of state, get those birds. This last year, we got a bunch of birds from Maine. We flew those to Texas and released those to try to restore eastern populations in the Piney Woods area. Oldenberger said that in years past, there was not a lot of turkey harvest south of Highway 82 in those four counties. When TPWD started releasing turkeys closer to that area, harvest south of the highway increased. Oldenberger said the department does not want to be in a put-and-take situation with restocking efforts. Our effort from the department standpoint is to actually restore wild turkeys to the Piney Woods of East Texas. And so we potentially could be proposing to close that area south of Highway 82 to the county line to help protect this restoration that we have ongoing by the agency. The proposal to close eastern turkey hunting season in parts of those four counties is informal at this time. A formal proposal may be presented to the Parks and Wildlife Commission in January for their consideration. If approved by the commission, Parks and Wildlife will publish the proposed closure in the Texas Register that will open a public comment period. Public comment will be taken into consideration and at a later date, Parks and Wildlife may bring the proposed rule change back to the Commission for their consideration and potential adoption. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. No bottom to be found in the cattle futures market. Wednesday was no exception. Massive drop in cattle futures, especially on the live cattle. We've seen feeders get hit really hard and not quite as hard of a hit on the live cattle trade, but that was not the case on Wednesday. The nearby December contract down 505, closing at 163.45. February live cattle down 542, 163.55, with April down 482 at 166.67. Feeder cattle. Big drop there as well. January feeders off 455 to close at 210.15. March down 572, 211.75. And April feeders down 572, closing at 215.65. These lower futures prices are allowing the Packers to come in and make very low bids on cash cattle this week. Looks like we've seen some sales here in the Southern Plains at 171 this week. That's three bucks lower compared to last week. In the north, dressed sales, 271. That's four bucks lower than the previous week. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday. Choice down 231 at 291.44. Select up 58 cents, 259.71. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers, is in the alleyway today with us. Riley, how'd the sale turn out for y'all in Live Oak County, Three Rivers, Texas, on Monday? I had a little more volume this week, ended up with 1,889 head, and I called it fully steady. If anything, uh, lightweight kids might have been a little bit stronger in spots. Uh, not selling any pairs, splitting most of those out still, 1050 to 1750 on those. A uh, handful of bred cows today, 875 up to 1350. Uh, Packer cows and bulls are fully steady, high yielding cows, 96 to dollars Four breakers ninety two up to a dollar and the canners fifty six to eighty two high yielding bulls one sixteen to one twenty two low to medium yielding bulls ninety six to one sixteen your two to three weight choice steers two eighty eight to three twenty eight effort mates two sixty eight to three oh six three to four weight choice steers two eighty four to three eighteen effort mates two forty two to two ninety two uh, two forty eight to two ninety two four to five weight choice steers two sixty eight to two ninety six effort mates two thirty eight to two seventy four five to six weight choice steers two forty six to eighty two Heifer mates 224 to 248, 6 to 7 weight choice steers 218 to 240, uh, heifer mates 190 to 212, and the 7 to 8 weight cattle, your choice steers 192 up to 18, and the heifer mates 180 to 194. So uh, still lots of demand, um, you know, the quality was pretty good today, um, but I was real pleased with the market, uh, got along real well. Good, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week's sale. Cell phone 361-813-6650, office 361-786-2553, uh, web is liveoaklivestock.com, and just a reminder everybody, the last sale of the year will Monday, December the 18th. We have uh, two more sales. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Larry. And Texas neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That's Riley Rhodes. The program you're listening to right this second is called Texas Ag Today. 
Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Where lean hogs were mixed on Wednesday. December hogs up 72 cents, 67.55, with February hogs down five at 69.30. Class three milk was slightly higher. Nearby December milk up two cents, 16.34 a hundred weight. January milk up 17 at 16.97, while February milk was up 21, closing at 17.23 a hundred weight. Cotton market finished slightly higher. We did hit that 80 cent mark again on Wednesday, but couldn't hang on to it. Traders looking forward to a couple of reports. We've got the Thursday morning weekly export sales report coming out. Also on Friday, USDA will release the December WASDE report. Now, the last report showed the U.S. cotton crop at 13.1 million bales. Some traders expecting a slight increase in the U.S. crop in this coming Friday's report. On the close, March cotton up 7 points, 79.75. May cotton up 18 at 80.45 cents. Grain markets mostly lower today. Corn has seen five consecutive trading sessions with higher closes, but that changed on Wednesday. We closed lower. Some pressure in the market coming from the ongoing showers in both central and northern Brazil and much of Argentina. December corn dropping three and three quarters, 464 and three quarters, with March corn down six and a quarter, 484 and a quarter. Hard wheat was lower. March Kansas City wheat down six and three quarters at 656. However, China came into the market once again, third time this week. USDA has announced a Chinese purchase of soft wheat, and that helped the March Chicago contract to close two and a quarter higher at 633 and a half. In the energy markets, January natural gas down 13 cents at 258. January West Texas crude down 298, closing at 69.34 barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 72 points at 36,051. The Nasdaq down 69, 14,160. The S&P down 16 at 4,550. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.